Welcome back to Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast and another mystery episode and our wonderful randomizer. You've got Jason here. He is always with me. It is Wyatt. I am always here, thankfully, anyway. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Not a whole lot going on. We're just uh, gearing up this weekend. We're going to uh, Six Flags in Atlanta and uh, having a day of it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to get away for a little bit and ride some roller coasters. Yeah, really? <laughs> you guys always go to Disneyland, so this is my Disneyland. Or Disney World, I should say. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Got to get away. They have a bunch of uh, superhero stuff there that I always enjoy. They have the Batman roller coaster mm-hmm. and the Mindbender, which is based on the Riddler. And now they have a Superman roller coaster where the track is above you and it pulls you back. So you're kind of like flying through the air. And they have this big Hall of Justice attraction now. And it's like a 3D ride going through that. But um, yeah, so I'm going to be a superhero this weekend. Nice. Me and the boys are going to have fun. How about you? What's going on with you, man? Not a whole lot, really. The weather's been actually very decent, but haven't gotten oh, yes. much done except for oil changes and letting the kids outside and let them play mm-hmm. since it hasn't rained for a little bit. So yeah, yeah it's kind of it. kind of cooled off here a little bit, at least at night. We're down into the 60s. I never thought I'd see the 60s again. <laughs> uh, you know, up home. Clearfield, Pennsylvania, they're low overnight tonight. It's supposed to be 47. Oh. Time to crank up the heaters. Oh, man. I long for those cold nights. I don't. I'm getting, <laughs> I love snow. I'm getting tired of the cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. But I don't want to move down south to, you know, to be two degrees from Hades. I'm just sorry. I yeah. can't do that. It is, uh, we get very short reprieves from our summer and hot weather season that lasts for about eight months of the year. <laughs> so I, I was really excited at least this week when I went out to the car in the morning to, to start it up. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, we got a little bit of, a little bit of cool air. That's nice. <laughs> it has been nice. I've actually last two days, I've been able to drive with the windows down without having to worry about uh, AC yeah. running and yeah. yeah, get that in the morning. That's always good. But yeah, I'm back to AC by the afternoon down here, back in the mid to high 80s. So, mm-hmm. oh, well, hopefully we'll get some uh, cool weather. But uh, let's uh, we'll go ahead and move on with the show. And our listener, Karen, sent me a message over there on the Slack channel. We're friends. Uh, we both contributors to the Retro Network. And uh, she said she was listening to our last episode on ALF and had some ideas for a couple topics. So one, I will defer to a previous memory jogger. She suggested we do uh, regional foods, which we actually did already in an episode that we titled Hometown Foods and Forgotten Snacks. That was uh, memory jogger number 17 in our feed. So Karen, if you want to go back and listen to that, we what do we talk about? We talked about uh, Fox's Pizza Den and uh billy's burger land and denny's beer pub denny's pub yes. but we also hit the we also hit on we call it the national brand so we talked about our mickey d's because of the shakes during the type of year so the eggnog shake for me the some shamrock the shake for you yeah some of the forgotten snacks well they still do a shamrock shake and i don't right. think it's the same but 
Right. Uh, well, we went all over, you know, <laughs> we did the regional chips, you know, Middlesworth and Gibbles. Oh, and yeah. There was all types of things that we did to discuss there. So like Jason suggested, you know, we actually have, I think we're up to 77 total episodes in the queue. So you're welcome to revisit a lot of our conversations. We talk about <laughs> pretty much everything so far. We still have, what, 60 left on our on our feed. So in our randomizer. That's right. That's right. So, so we welcome you to, to look through and see what we have. Yeah. My friend Chad also chimed in. We were talking and he had remembered our first jobs episode. So yeah, we went back looking through our uh, archive here. And before we went to the mystery episodes, which is just a random topic, we did uh, 22 episodes of memory jogger ending with uh, breakfast cereal commercials. So those were more focused and we did notes ahead of time on those, but uh, yeah, go back and listen to some of those. Cause uh, some of them are geared towards our hometown memories, like uh, our TV memories and the cable channels that we had as kids. And there's one on department stores and malls. That was really fun. So yeah, go back and check out uh, some of the old episodes in memory jogger. One uh, topic that Karen did suggest that I've added in, and that's our favorite candy over the years. Right. And we did touch on this in the forgotten snacks portion of that episode, Mm -hmm. but it's actually great to revisit because there are things that we did have regionally, but we also had obviously nationally, you know, Hershey's or Kit Kats or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, we all had our favorites. And if they're still our favorites, that would be cool to have a, have that spool up at some point. Mm-hmm. hmm Whatchamacallit. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I yes. could go for a whatchamacallit right about now. <laughs> that sounds like a commercial right there. But um Yep. So that's in the mix. And you've added a couple more in there too, I see. Yes. I um uh, I actually saw this flag up on TV or I'm sorry, on my Facebook feed. A small wonder celebrated its like 30th anniversary from debut or something oh, oh. recently. Very short lived. Might- yeah, that might be a quick show too, because I don't Very, remember too much about it other than the uh, premise. But yeah, that's about all I remember too. <laughs> then I added, um, kind of tried to lump it all in because of uh-huh. it might be a short, another short episode, and that's CB ham radios and walkie talkies. As kids, we always had the walkie talkies. When I got oh yeah, the teenage years, I did have a CB radio, but there might be some listeners out there that delved into the ham amateur radio out there, so. Uh-huh. Wanted to note with with Jason said what Jason said earlier, he said that we did have a little bit more of a setup, a little bit more of a script. It wasn't much more than what we have now, except that example when we talked about Nickelodeon, we, we had a couple key points that we would hit, like what we schemed about to know what to talk about. Like I wanted to make sure I hit on Pinwheel and Mr. Wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Jason wanted to talk about. Double Dare. Yeah, all the game shows. Right. (laughs) So those are the things we noted. Otherwise, it's much similar as the the randomized or the mystery memory jogger in that it was still a mystery because we were still trying to jog our memories to go, okay, what else do we remember about Nickelodeon? Yeah. Oh, wait, there's this. Right, right. Or what do we remember about Mr. Wizard? Uh, Oh, yeah. He had that weird powder that. (laughs) <laughs> stayed on top of the water tent you know the water surface and yeah you could, you could all the a flash bolt. paper you could handle right. 
Right. So <laughs> little things were still spurred. I mean, a, a, a great example is when I'm talking about field trips. We were, had a field trip episode and I scrambled in my head and could not come up with anything on the episode. A year or two later, I'm talking, we were actually riding through Clearfield, Jason and I, and I go, that's where we went. We went to the Clearfield County Jail. The old Clearfield <laughs> County Jail. Well, I didn't even think about that. Oh, wait. Yeah. Then I went and visited the Progress, the newspaper. Of course, it's a year late. So, you know, year late, dollar short. It's all right. These mystery episodes, of we've, as we've talked about quite often, is that they are very off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And you, as the listener right now, know what we're talking about because in the title right now. <laughs> but we're right. still looking at the, what is it? What is it? What is it? We're st- yep. still waiting to, uh, what is it? Punch the holes. Spin the wheel. And- yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's do it, man. Let's just not uh, not wait any longer. That's right. Let's punch right. those holes and see if we can get the $1,000 check. <laughs> Here we go. Ooh, oh, grandparents. Okay. So this one will be a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. trying to think well i guess what was your grandparent visits like did you have some that came to your house did you go and visit them or when did you see your grandparents i guess the most so i never knew my father's side never met them they died long ago i only knew my mother's side and the visits when i was a kid i know they would come down for certain holidays um i've Mm -hmm. come through a cache of photos and i see that we had my parents would host like i think thanksgiving dinners or little get-togethers of some sort probably wrapped around a holiday but the pictures don't right don't show any any ornaments so i can't tell you if it's a holiday or not otherwise i believe we went up to the grandparents every sunday for sunday lunch and mm-hmm. stayed for a couple hours and then would head on home. And that was about it. How about you? What was your experience like with your grandparents? Okay. So um, I had a set that were relatively close when we lived in Kerwinsville and Clearfield was what, eight, nine miles away down the road. My mom's parents lived in Clearfield and my dad's parents lived two hours away in Countersport, PA, which is where he grew up. Uh, So those grandparents, my dad's parents, I saw uh, mostly on holidays every once in a while on a weekend, we would go up Uh, July 4th has always been our kind of family reunion time. And it would switch from house to house to house. My aunts and uncles would host our little reunion every July 4th. And it, I think it's kind of started based on their wedding anniversary, which I think was the third. It, it might've been the fourth itself, but um, so yeah, my, <laughs> my memories of visiting those grandparents are about two hours in the back of a Monte Carlo with a uh, handheld radio shack game. Or I had a, uh, I had a pocket burger time. I remember <laughs> that my cousin gave me, that I would play, you know, in the car, never had a game boy or anything like that, but I did have those like little LCD games from radio shack and stuff to kind of keep me busy in the car. And then uh, I visited my other grandparents quite a bit. My pap 
my Graham's uh, husband, he passed away in 84. And that was a time when I got to see all of my cousins from Texas uh, and my uncle from North Carolina drove up. So there was, uh, I remember that very vividly because there was a lot of people there that I was meeting for the first time or, uh, you know, that wasn't uh, around town that came in from way out of town. So I didn't get to know him very much. I was only seven, seven or eight years old when he passed away, but I have pictures. My Graham was my best buddy for the longest time, all the way up through high school. And even after that, we, we talked frequently when I was in college. She lived until 99 years old, was kind of upset really because my daughter was born in November and she passed away in February, February 28th of 2014 and didn't get a chance to meet her. But uh, and I was ready to make a trip to and, and celebrate her 100th birthday, which was in May. May 21st was her birthday, but that didn't happen. But uh, she was my best buddy growing up through the years. And I'll tell you a little bit more about her because she was the one that really influenced me. We played games together and I spent the most time with as a grandparent, uh, just being so close and and all that. But um any specific memories that you have, maybe uh, just something weird that happened, something that just uh, is in your brain that happened at your grandparents' house as a kid? There's a few episodes like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of them, one of the earlier episodes I've actually told, and it was the journey going up, like Jason was saying about him having to ride two hours. I'm surprised he hasn't said how he's written, wrote, wrote up there in two hours in the mo- back of the Monte Carlo. Uh, in the in back previous, window, yeah. Exactly, the back window. He said that in our driving days. It, for me, in the same episode, that was the 78 Dodge truck, which I talk about frequently. That was the first on-road vehicle I had driven. And I was about <laughs> six or seven. I'm trying to ballpark the age, but I'm thinking it's around that age bracket. And for the last mile of the journey, uh, my grandparents lived just outside of a little borough called Grampian, PA. So it was about, I think, 12 miles, give or take, from my home in Clearfield to Grampian. Mm-hmm. But for the last mile, my dad would had a stop sign, actually. He would prop me on his knee, and we would both look <laughs> both ways on on big busy two-lane, well, it's not so busy on Sundays, but a two-lane, a major artery, uh, Route 219, and he would, he had the gas and the brake, and of course, I'm sure he was hovering with his hand pretty close by, but I had the steering wheel of Old Red, and I had it for the last mile, and, you know, it was almost a straight path. There's a light, very light turn, so it wasn't like I'm, you know, going, uh, was it the Baja races or whatever, where there's quick, quick turns <laughs> yeah, and stuff, hairpin yeah. turns. Uh-huh. So it wasn't too overzealous of steering. Uh, when I got more used to it, he would let me turn into the driveway. That turning in was a little bit of a challenge because there were ditches on either side. So <laughs> I could easily at least get the truck stuck if I didn't 
make the right turns. That was one of one of them. The other one that sticks out around again, we talked about this in I think actually around our fair days. Fair fair days is um mm-hmm. is about that time frame when the blackberries were pretty much in full harvest. And I would go out and pick the blackberries. Well, the novelty for me was I love to ride the riding lawn tractor and I would take <laughs> it and sometimes even hitch the wagon. I would go all out and I'd hitch up the little <laughs> pull behind two, two wheel wagon behind it and, and put the coffee can or, or pot in the trailer and go out for a little jaunt on this little, you know, mm-hmm. Montgomery Ward or Ford, depending on which year it was. And essentially use it as a four wheeler then go out picking blackberries and I'd be out there for an hour or two. And of course, thinking back, I'm, I'm sure they knew where I was because all they have to hear is the lawn tractor fired up. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's not that far. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's in the distance. Okay. He's in the backwoods. Okay. We know where he's at. But I would go out, yeah, and do blackberry picking. And the other one that I found that was more comical now to look back, my uncle came home drunk <laughs> and I'd never experienced any scent of alcohol up until that point and i was spending the night i don't know why it was just me i I don't think my sister was there but i was spending the night and i was laying in the living room but kind of off to the side he came in and my grandmother was up waiting for him and of course he's 30 some years old maybe 40 (laughs) at that time and she was still giving him a i mean very very quietly trying not to wake me but she was giving him a tongue lashing about coming home in that state uh, <laughs> and i'm like what what happened and I, I you know i'm i'm i can't remember the age i was young 11 12 something like that mm-hmm. and i don't know what he's doing i don't know what he did but grandma's sure going into him for something <laughs> so that's cool yeah those are the the bigger ones i mean i was always fond i was always playing up there whenever i was up there Mm-hmm. The lawn tractor was my fondest thing. We had, <laughs> I've told the story, I think before we had four acres up there to basically mow. And I, I loved to mow. That was my break from the norm. So I would go up and mow for, you know, it took us, it took me about four hours at high speed, which I'm not, it's, it wasn't crazy fast, but it was at four hours at high speed. I could mow that two acre field. <laughs> And I'd be happy as a clam, you know, just doing my thing. And I didn't, you know, I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, what about you? Good. Did you do yeah. anything playing besides uh, hanging out with your best buddy? I'll, uh, I'll kind of bounce off a, a couple things here. So I, I think we mentioned uh, about my gram and, and her beloved Plymouth duster that she had in one of our episodes, but yes, she, uh, would sometimes pick me up from school and well, actually pretty often she would pick me up from school while mom and dad were still working. And I'd have a a couple hours in the afternoon to hang at her house. She would make me beefaroni and, and the raviolis in the can, all those like pastas we had back in the day. She was Italian. So she made her own pasta too, pasta fazool which I love. She would make me a pot of that sometimes. She always kept the little hugs on hand for me in the fridge. 
and she always had ginger ale beside the fridge, like warm ginger mm-hmm. ale in case, you know, we had a stomach ache or, or something. But uh, So, yeah, she cooked me little quick things uh, sometimes for dinner or in the afternoons. We uh, would play games. She had a deck of cards that we would play war with the cards and checkers. Trying to think what other little games we might have had there. There was a Tom and Jerry game that I remember having at her house and and playing with her that was kind of like Candyland or something. Um, But you had a spinner. I remember having that game. But uh, yeah, so when I was real little, she would sit on her back porch swing there and I would go out in the field. Of course, I'm the only child, so I don't have any brothers and sisters. So it's just me and her. I'd go out in the little, the lawn there, the the back area where there's some trees and stuff. And I'd hide behind something and she would count and I'd run out there and find some place to hide. And from the porch, she would call out, you know, are you behind the, the little bush? Are you, you know? Behind the fireplace, there's a place there, outdoor place where my uncle would burn the papers. But anyway, that was always fun and real a a great thrill was the first time I brought Jackson home uh, when he was just little, six months old or something. And uh, the three of us sat on that porch swing and just swung back and forth for, I don't know, it seemed like forever, but (laughs) smiling ear to ear. It was really fun, but. She, yeah, she would pick me up in that brown Plymouth Duster. I, it seemed like an ancient car when I was a kid. And I was always amazed at how many miles was on it. It was only like 20,000 miles or something. It was really, she just never went anywhere. It was all just around town. Uh, and, and with her by herself there, a, a widow, she didn't go out and, and travel much, but to the store or whatever. Right. And she did that. She drove, I don't know uh, for how long, but up into my teenage years, she would drive me to Little League practice and I would have to, you know, I love my gram, but that car is not the greatest thing to be seen in. So (laughs) I was kind of embarrassed, you know, pulling out all my baseball gear and stuff out of that car and being dropped off. But God love her. She she did that for me and I got picked up in that car many times from school. So that was now, uh, admit it, a couple of things. You, yeah. The reason why you were ashamed of it because you finally watched an episode of married with children and it looked like the same Dodge, <laughs> which the, the, that duster and the Dodge. It was close. It's close. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was funny because it had the little duster character on the side. That was like the big tornado. Mm-hmm. With eyes, yep. you know, I always thought that was the coolest thing. But yeah, her house was so convenient too up there on Race Street, especially when the fair was in town. We would park there, didn't have to park in somebody's yard or, you know, park in the official parking there and pay $5 or whatever. Right. And uh, got to walk over to the fair. So that was always uh, convenient. And uh, yeah, I, there's, I have several memories of staying over with her. She loved watching uh, sitcom reruns at night. So we got our fill of the Jeffersons and well, even some of the shows that were running at the time, like the golden girls, she loved the golden girls, Mm -hmm. but the Jeffersons and Sanford and son and the honeymooners. I mean, we would stay up late. She would cackle 
I remember specifically being at her house when the earthquake hit during the 1989 World Series. My uncle was there and we were watching the baseball game when the earthquake hit there in California, knocked the signal out and everything. And we're like looking at each other like, what's going on? I think it was 89, 88 or 89 is when that happened. Uh, so that's a moment that kind of sticks out in my mind. And uh, my uncle was a character, too. He when I was there for dinner, he had to watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy every night. So we had to be done with dinner <laughs> yeah. to get back in front of the TV and watch the well, watch the news and then watch, you know, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. So that was a habit that I've had now for a long time. I don't typically watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy now, but if I'm scrolling past channels and I see that like Pluto TV now has a full channel of all old Jeopardy episodes and old Wheel of Fortune episodes, I will get hooked on watching some yep. episodes. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, those are some more memories of uh, just hanging out in my Graham's house and it was fun. I mean, that's my Graham's house is where we watched or where I watched the 66 Batman show in the afternoon on WPIX. I've watched a lot of Nickelodeon too in the afternoon. Some of those game shows make the grade and the uh, legends of the hidden temple and all that in the early nineties. Even when I was in high school, man, I was watching those kind of shows uh, in the afternoons. So a lot of good memories sitting on her couch and watching those. So what else, uh, anything else that comes to mind as far as uh, grandparents trips or anything like that? We didn't do too many trips with them. Um, they never really, to my knowledge, they never left, I would call it even the county, uh, mm -hmm. Clearfield County, that is. And they would come down to visit. They would pick us up when, when my parents divorced. Well, I know that we tended to go up there a little bit more often at the start, mm -hmm. but then it seemed to have petered out probably because of the the expense of gas with my mom now being a single parent essentially mm -hmm. but uh, i remember camping out in a tent in the front yard one of the very first <laughs> i think within the first week or two of us my my parents divorce we just trying to think what else was around there oh so the the things that we used to do out there playing and so forth because there was so much out there i mean four acres you i mean mm -hmm. it's like a it's weird because she didn't have a lot of toys so when we would get up there and of course as i reflect on it now as kids we were bored out of our minds sometimes because they didn't really have many toys and what they did have were very antiquated there was this old tin metal type uh, i think it was actually a burglar's car getaway car but it had a little rifle that stuck out through the windshield <laughs> um it was all tin everything was uh -huh. tin. The, yeah. the, the rifle was a like a sort of i don't know what you'd even call it like a little piece of metal uh -huh. with a rifle painted on it <laughs> and there was that there was old i think it was red and blue dump truck and i mean it was i would call it the predecessor to tonkas it was so old we would make do with it. We would make, you know, play with it. She had this old, uh, I think it was a radio flyer, red wagon out on the property. They, they still had a farm, 
well, I, I not a working farm, but they still had the outbuildings. So, mm-hmm. and my grandmother specifically grew up during the depression. So she was taught and still had the, I would call it the mental idea. I don't know what else you call it to save Mindset. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they had this old chicken coop that turned into a, an outdoor storage kind of shed. Mm-hmm. So the wagon would sit there. There's a couple of the things in there I do recall, but I don't remember what exactly they were, but we'd have to go down to the chicken coop to get this wagon out. But then we would go to this old woodshed that she had that was closer to the house. It had, I think there was a tennis racket in there, like an old tennis. It looked more like those, <laughs> uh, oh, what's the one? Uh, oh, it's the little birdie. Badminton. Badminton, Yeah. It was those size rackets, but they said it was tennis. Uh, whatever. <laughs> There's a couple other things in there that we had toys in there. The playhouse was actually a functional house. We always call it the little house. It was a very functional old. Today, you might call it a in-law suite, technically. Mm-hmm. It was built on, or it stood rather, on concrete blocks. It still stands today to my knowledge, still stands. And um, it was a essentially a two-room house. (laughs) And again, my grandmother kept things because she grew up, if you got something new, the old was still probably had purpose to it. So or repurpose, yeah. Right. So for instance, that in what we call we would call the in that building, that house, build it, yeah, house, the main front room would have been like your probably a living room it had old dressers i think at least two dressers were there there was an old buffet small but it was an old buffet there was a a table but there was stuff stacked on that table so <laughs> you could barely notice there was a table there um <laughs> there was this old kitchen pantry but it was just little shelves with a couple cabinets of, up above and i mean this was maybe two possibly three people wide and that's as as wide as that room was it was not a it it was there was no infrastructure to it there was no plumbing there was no electric there was nothing to this building so it was straight out back in the old days where you uh, had to you know bucket your water in for Mm -hmm. fresh water and, Mm -hmm. and all that but you know we played house or school because it caught us to us it resembled a little schoolhouse hmm there's this big, huge butter churn in there. It probably made what would the equivalent of a gallon or so of butter. There was the back room, which would have been probably a bedroom. There was old uh, Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys books in a little tiny bookcase. Oh, cool. There was an old, the foot operated sewing machine. We used to play with that all the time. Oh, yeah. My grandparents uh, in Countersport had one of those that I yep. loved to just hit that pedal. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, nothing was hooked up to it, but it still ran. So we just sit there, yeah. mean, 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 see that's, how fast we go. That's exactly what I did. Yep. There was a couch in there. My uncle's baseball gloves when he was a kid. I actually still have them. Uh, oh, nice. They were hanging up like just a nail, nail on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was another, like a cupboard of some sort. And there's something in my head that there's a, either a table or another like, uh, like a three, four drawer dresser was in the, by the window, but 
I mean, we we played in that house for who knows how long, you know, hours sometimes. And yeah, you know, there's that house was somewhat maintained. I mean, they just put roll shingle on on top of it, called it good for <laughs> roofing. And my grandmother would go out every few years and just hand paint the thing, the really? building. Interesting. And um, yeah, we do. I mean, we go up there and do that. We had some board games up there my my granddad was big into card games specifically solitaire so he was the one that taught me solitaire my uncle taught me backgammon Mm -hmm. and then um there was a coffee pot i still have it it's buried right now in my boxes but i have a there was an old old percolator coffee pot that was filled with the old black and white dominoes oh nice we used to we could we never played games i didn't know there was a true dominoes games we used to just do the old stack them up and tip them over yep yep stuff or <laughs> or i would make it since there was really no legos up there we would i would sort of make do with building with dominoes as a building uh-huh. but like dominoes are meant to be you're they're meant to be knocked over so they'd frequently knock over yeah but yeah you know, our we had uh i keep saying we i had <laughs> Yeah. Well, the other, my other, my cousins would come over and I'm sure use some of the stuff at my grandparents' house. But my dad's parents, they had a old game of Chinese checkers mm-hmm. that was in a metal, it had like a metal board yep. and you could turn it. Yeah. You could turn it though and store the marbles in there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I learned uh, Chinese checkers and I would play that uh, sometimes when we were up there and they had some other like little people toys and stuff. I remember as a kid that just didn't do it for me <laughs> that uh, I, you know, I was GI Joe's. I had always lugged my toys anywhere, whether I was going to their house or over to Graham's, there wasn't too much there. At one point I remember having my Atari 2600 at Graham's house hmm. in Clearfield and it was up on top of their closet. They had like a, an actual piece of furniture closet by the front door. And I stored it on top of there with some of my games and I would play down there. Cause that was probably at the time when I had my Sega at the house. So I had my video games there too, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, I remember um, just like I said, uh, certain foods and things that my grandparents would do that. I only got, you know, when, when I was there, Graham would make, pasta dishes uh, there in Clearfield and they had a garden. My uncle always kept a garden. So there was always fresh stuff there. My other grandparents, they had a full garden and my grandmother would can stuff all the time, can and pickle. She could pretty much can and pickle anything that she wanted to do. So I remember like she made really good sweet pickles in the jar and I'd, yep. you know, reach in there and get a few at dinner time. And they, she made like weird stuff too, like rhubarb pie and, oh yeah, you know, stuff that I, I was, didn't really care for. I was somewhat of a picky eater, but I seemed to like not eat a whole lot when I was there because I mean, a lot of it was fresh and a lot of it, they still, you know, got from their garden and, but I would I would come sometimes spy on her cooking. My dad, we'd always go up. I remember Memorial Day weekend was always there because my dad and my grandfather would uh, fall asleep watching the Indy 500 
and in the living room and I'd be bored or whatever and sneak out and she would always be cooking the dinner, you know, for the day. And yeah, it was, it was fun. Just, uh, I remember the, you know, the layouts of the houses, just as you're going through and remembering things, you know, I remember the layouts of both of their houses, even the ones I didn't visit very often. Uh, that house is still, well, I, I don't think it's in the family anymore. My cousin was living in there for a while with her husband and two girls, but, uh, I believe they sold that. So that house is gone, but yeah, just good memories. I on the, around the back of my grandmother's house that I was always scared of uh, the neighbors because my uncle got into a fight with one of the neighbor ladies one time and she like hit him with a rake or something. I remember his nose being bandaged up and, so I was always afraid of like going near the fence. <laughs> hmm. uh, I finally got over that because around the side, there was an outside door to their basement and it went down some stairs, but the, the way the house was contoured, there was a little, a small little roof on that stairwell that stuck out. So I would go back there and I had like little rubber balls or baseballs or something and I'd throw up the side of that thing and have my baseball glove and they would, you know, roll down and I'd try to catch them, you know, had like makeup uh, baseball games in the, in the side yard there at my grandmother's house. But yeah, I, that was another quirky thing about being there. I just never wanted to be up like near the fence. Like they were going to jump out at me or something. I don't know. Or they were just mad, you know, at my uncle, right. uh, <laughs> weird little things like that, but. I think that's about uh, about all I could think of right now as far as uh, I'm sure there's a few more stories that are in the back of my brain somewhere stored that I could pull out. But, uh, yeah, I think we, we we covered enough. Maybe there'll be some uh, instances of uh, people listening out there of their grandparents and the, the travels and some other little quirky things that they remember. We'd love to hear those uh, as your feedback this week. Last couple of things, if I can. Sure. I, I enjoyed my grandparents. Uh, my Like I said, my, my grandmother was uh, like, like your grandparents. They were gardeners. And we used to have this huge, it feel, felt like a huge garden. Mm-hmm. And my dad, when my parents were still together, they he would go up there and they had this old gravely kind of a all-in-one type of unit. Some of the, Some people might recognize it. That was like a 19, I can't remember what the year, but essentially it was a motor with two wheels. And then mm-hmm. you'd buy attachments to it, whatever you wanted. Obviously, attachments came with a price. So, but somehow along the way, my granddad had what seemed to be every attachment. He had the snow plow, he had the snow blower, he had this rototiller, he had the cultivator. There was a lawnmower attachment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my dad would help and run the cultivator, which looked more like a big butterfly when it was spinning. Um, (laughs) And he would dig down real deep with that throughout the entire garden. And then he would disconnect it and go grab the rototiller and then like fine, fine till up the rest of the garden. Mm -hmm. And then my grandmother would have just every vegetable I swore that I knew of, you know, from green beans to 
squash and cucumbers. I mean, she had the whole gamut. I think it's a generational thing because I yeah. just don't, I mean, I don't know a lot of gardeners as far as my peers go. I, I know a few that have a garden, but yeah, that generation just in coming out of the depression, like you said, everybody had a garden, everybody had their victory garden, you know, and everything you can imagine came out of that thing. Exactly. And then on top of that, they had the orchard still. So just to clarify, we had the property was about four acres and the driveway pretty much divided the two pieces of property. There was the field side, which we used to be a working pasture field for the cattle. And then there was the orchard side, which the house and garage happened to sit on. And that orchard still had some crab apples. Uh, there was, I think, two peach trees. There was a grapevine and a pear tree that still remained on that when my grandparents mm. were still around. And, you know, she would harvest everything. The apples were, I th- I want to say there was at least six or eight trees that were producing, but she couldn't keep up, obviously. But she would go down and get what she could. And whatever was not used or was in plenty, she canned. Mm-hmm. So, and then mm-hmm. I, that was another outdoor building that they had there. It was a, we was, it was exactly that. It was a, a pantry is what she called it. And it was all of maybe a four foot by four foot, uh, eight foot tall shanty of a building, but it had shelves upon shelves that were just about as high as a mason jar. And that's all <laughs> as high as those shelves were, but there was like, what seemed to be like six or eight row, you know, yeah. high shelves stacked. So there was always plenty of food when we went up there, obviously. And she, like I said, like I said, she, we made a joke, I think only a couple episodes ago where, you know, she kept all the country crock and whipped cream and whatever canister, you know, plastic tubs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And she had <laughs> oodles of that. I, we didn't realize till a few years after their passing that, there were potato sacks and I'm talking the old, older potato sacks mm-hmm. uh, material and stuff that there was at least a half, half a dozen, probably more bags underneath the little house. Cause like I said, the little house sat on cement blocks and it was a good two foot of a crawl space, but there was bags under there. We discovered of just Mason jars. Hmm. That she must have left that, you know, and that was her storage was there. They're jars. So they're not going to go bad. You just have to wash them and she would use them again, sterilize them and can with them. She would do that. And I just remember, like I said, the vegetable garden and and doing all that. I remember that they never, I don't believe maybe towards the last five years, I think they finally had a color TV again, (laughs) but this is again, yeah. The tube didn't go bad on the black and white. So why get rid of it? Right. That was yeah. my mom's, I'm sorry, my grandmother's mentality. So, you know, we, we joked about, I could pick up uh, <laughs> ABC up there to watch Bugs Bunny. Well, I always saw Bugs Bunny in black and white. <laughs> um, but yeah my, yeah, my my uncle didn't care. My uncle bought the stuff because they, he was uh, divorced at that time and, and single. So yeah, he was buying the the latest and greatest TVs for us there right. at Graham's house. So, but yeah, I mean, I you know that was part of our era too when there were still black and white TVs yeah. around. 
and it was still old enough out there. There was a outhouse. Still, <laughs> I I used it, you know, just to pee. But I'd be out like mowing the lawn or something, out running around instead of running all the way into the house. You know, I could just run there to the outhouse and use it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you and I, you came up for a visit. We played lawn darts that are now illegal, but we used to play lawn darts up there. Do you remember that? Oh gosh. Now I remember being up there once or twice, but I don't remember anything. We played about football. What we, did. we tossed the football around, but there was one time uh-huh. you you found the lawn darts and were like, "Well, we gotta try this out." <laughs> and of course, <laughs> that sounds two, like that sounds like with, me. Yeah, with a two acre field, you we would them, be yeah yeah because we would we would be at the closer to the house end, chucking it away, <laughs> and you have two acres, so you're chucking it, and maybe going half half the length of that field and it's not going to hit anyone <laughs> right at right. all so we were never in danger but we would i remember us trying to like launch it as far as we could <laughs> and i don't know how far it ever got but yeah um it's fun but yeah i was i picked this topic mainly because i wanted to remember and give kind of a memorial to our grandparents mm-hmm. uh, like i said i never knew my grandparents they they passed unfortunately when my dad was young his dad passed when he was 10 and uh, oh, his wow. mom, his mom died when he was 14. So he's orphaned at 14. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And like I said, I, he's told me what little stories that he remembers. And, but yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I never knew. Yeah. Knew them. My, uh, it's fortunate that you were able to meet yours. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very grateful. My grandmother, uh, my dad's mom passed first when i was in high school i think 1991 or two she got had a breast cancer and some other issues too and she died then and my grandfather lasted until i think my first year in college 96 or 97 might have been 97 when he passed because i was home for the summer working at appalachian wood uh those third shifts and I was, I remember being home and went to the funeral. So yeah, I was, you know, I saw them on occasion, but it was great to get up there and to, you know, meet them and get to know them and hang out with them some. And then, uh, yeah, my gram, I spent with the most time with, uh, as a kid and then up through high school and even on visits home, I would go see her. And then it was a big deal when we came home on in the summertime once we got married and uh, and the kids came along to go visit her at her little nursing home. And we'd always go up there uh, hand in hand in the parking lot. I've got some fun pictures of going to see great Graham and picking her up, taking her down to the blue cow to get uh, a milkshake or taking her to uh, Dutch pantry, Dutch pantry <laughs> to get uh, ham and, See, she always got the ham steak and mashed potatoes and Mountain Dew. She was a big fan of Mountain Dew. So, yeah, after she passed, we uh, had a memorial meal at Dutch Pantry, and that's exactly what I got. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I miss her a lot and think about her each year on her birthday. We actually baked a cake for her 100th birthday, even though she wasn't around to enjoy it. And uh, that was that was pretty neat that 
uh, my wife did that and the kids all gathered around we blew out the candles and everything for her so that's awesome yeah she was a very wonderful lady very impactful on my life and kind of the path that i went on and uh just yeah i learned every little bit i could from her all those years and visits and yeah it's it's tough going back home now and i do you know we will get flowers sometimes to put on their graves and i don't know if you ever make those treks or not uh the kids you know when they're younger don't really understand those sorts of things but um it's important to me because it just i love thinking about her and thinking about the grandparents and those memories of just visits and playing games and doing, you know, whatever. So, right. Well, you say that about your, you know, little kids don't understand my, my son has been my, my son, Ryan, six-year-old shortly after my mom passed at, you know, I didn't think he really truly remembered my mom very much. I mean, we would go up once, sometimes twice a year to visit and uh, spend a few hours and they would play and uh, and so forth. The bubbles seemed to be the thing that my mom would always have around and the kids loved the bubbles. Mm-hmm. So they were always out on the side porch blowing bubbles. And when the news hit, I, I didn't hide it. I, I, ste- I stepped back for a moment to think, is this something I should say or not? Well, they need to know anyway. So I told them that, you know, their grandmother Susan died and, it was, I think, only a week or two. Ryan, out of the blue, I'm actually putting him to bed. He says, when are we going to go put flowers on Grandma's grave? No. What? <laughs> and I was so proud and almost busted a tear then because I'm like, where did you learn that from? And that is yeah. so cool, you know, that you even think about that at six. And yeah. so we... Uh, I promised that we would go. He was nagging on me for a good two, three months. I won't say daily, but you know, yeah, every three or four days he would, <laughs> and it would be at night. It wouldn't be like in the middle of the day, random at dinner time or something. It would be when I'm putting him down to sleep. We're saying our nighttime prayers. He would sit there and go, "So when are we going to go put put flowers on Grandma's grave?" Mm. Wow, you're going to hold me to this, aren't you? Which <laughs> I mean, it needed to be done, but. So, like I said, um, a few, I guess it's been a month ago now, we made a journey up there and bought a few um, flowers from Lowe's and planted them there. My mom uh, liked the color purple, so we bought, I don't technically think they're violets, but they're they're obviously purple flowers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, That's cool. I put, you know, got a little tiny shovel and dug a, little area off to the side because her gravestone uh, hadn't been placed yet. So, so as not to interfere, I tried to move it Mm kind of to the side, but while we were up there, they were intrigued. My sister knows a little bit more about the family, family lineage. A lot of our relatives are buried in that same cemetery. So I walked them over to my grandparents uh, that I knew and Ryan, he's the one that asks questions. Adam is either reserved or just it hasn't hit him to care about the lineage yet. Mm-hmm. But Ryan was like, so this was your, your grandmother? I said, Grandpa, Dad? I said, yeah. So yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, 
when I was a kid growing up, I didn't really care about the lineage. My dad would say something here and there. And it wasn't until the last, I would say the last five to seven years, I've been more interested in the family history lineage cool. on both sides, not just one. But uh, I haven't yeah. done too much of that myself. I have some older pictures of uh, actually my great grandparents, my Graham's parents, uh, the picture that was hanging in her house for the longest time I have. And there's some Native American blood, I think, that ran in her family. So it's interesting because they were uh, seemingly full-blooded Italian, but you know, as lineage goes, there's several branches that will right. uh, surprise you and and what's in your family's tree, you know, right. but um, that's really neat. Yeah. I see. I've I, gone I, back a little bit. I was able to find, I'd heard stories of the last, the bloom last name, but I was able to find the immigrants blooms mm-hmm. that came across one of them, Wilhelm, is the one that founded, essentially is credited with founding Bloomington. They're just above Coronsville. No, oh, okay. One of the primary settlers of the area anyway. And then the Klinger side, my mom's side, I only know as much as my, what, what would be my great-grandparents. And I just now discovered a little bit of that. I don't know anything further back than that. So I'm a little bit more, more uh, distant. <laughs> on that side well it's all cool i mean this is again to to pay our respects to our grandparents yeah i did have i was going to say one more thing um my grand sister my great aunt was another influential person and we would go down there me and my mom and visit her a lot so she was she was like my third grandmother almost uh growing up and she's another one that i've gone back to and uh when i'm home visit the grave and remember uh memories down at aunt goldie's house with her little toy poodle and i still have her rocker too that's uh, one thing aaron keeps looking at me the walls keeps closing in on this house and i'm like i there's just one thing i remember her rocking me in that rocking chair and I was fortunate. That was the one thing I really wanted when she passed away and they were, you know, asking, is there anything that I wanted from her house? I should have said her Christmas tree, which she kept up year round. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that always intrigued me, but I still have that rocking chair and, you know, we used it through the years with the boys and Gigi. So it's uh, one of those, it's strange how your family or your at least your memories of your family is tied to like a piece of furniture, yep. you know, like we, you were talking about with this crib. I don't think we talked about it on, on the air, but no, uh, I was just going to talk about it too. Whatever. That's that was uh, it's just interesting that some of the things that you're tripping over in the house, like I'm for the longest time, I had one of those GoBot ones that looked by like a rock and i was tripping over that for years i'm like how did this end up in my kids collect i know it was mine but i mean i'm right right it's funny to see the things that are in your house pictures and pieces of furniture that were you know passed down through the years and how that becomes you know a part of your 
all you know living really right right my my mom was last i'd say the last five years before she passed she was starting to weed through papers and pictures and stuff and she was essentially putting halving them up between my sister and i so i have some older photos of like my what would be the younger versions of my grandparents and so forth that when and then pictures of my mom and my uncle when they were children old cars there's old cars. I still remember my my grandparents' old the first vehicles. You know, we talk about vehicles. I'm a car nut, so I remember the old '60s. I don't remember the date, but you know, the new Bronco is supposed to look somewhat like the old red. Uh-huh. That's what they had. They had that old red, one of the first Broncos, uh, and I still remember to this day that's what they had. And then they had an old Ambassador. Uh, four-door AMC Ambassador four-door car. Uh, my dad bought that because it had a V8 in it, and uh, <laughs> and then my granddad bought a '78 Ford Bronco. And when they bought, when my dad bought the Ambassador, they went out and bought a an AMC Eagle. You remember those? They were the station wagon looking yep. things. Yeah, kind of like the first uh, crossover. Yeah, that's what they call it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do remember those. My grandparents, my dad's parents had a early 80s Chevy Caprice four-door. Nice. The real square nose mm-hmm. in the front. And yeah, that was their car. And But you're saying about furniture and memories. You know, I talk more often about the 78 truck because it brings mm-hmm. back so many memories. The family, my driving, early driving with it and things like that. But furniture... My mom always wanted us to have this crib in the family as best as we could. And I've gone back and forth. My wife has pretty much said an absolute no, <laughs> but I've partly wanted it only because of the age and learning more about it just recently that this was built, made by someone we knew, again, a family member or neighbor or someone we knew back in, you know, when my uh, what would be my great grandparents were? Yeah, you know, it was built for my grand my my grandmother when she was an infant. Wow! So you're talking eighteen late eighteen nine hundreds. You know, I can't remember when she was born, but um, anyway, so maybe early nineteen hundreds. Anyway, so so the the because furniture was typically a keepsake back then. The protocol was that whomever needed a crib was expecting a baby that crib was supposed to go to them so it had been passed down off and on through the family but ended up as my initial crib when i was a baby and then that's where my mom decided to get sticky fingers <laughs> so it i guess the stories are at least are that it disappeared for a while in, my, in the rafters of uh, my grandparents garage and it was hidden up there out of basically out of eyesight. And then someone at some point, someone made a top for this crib so that she could put tablecloths over it and making it a, a coffee table. And then she grabbed it, brought it back down to our Clearfield house. And under everybody's noses, there was the crib <laughs> that was 
supposed to be handed off to someone, obviously somewhere down the line. Uh-huh. But for safety reasons, the, the side rails are only like four inches high. So it's not safe for any infant to even be in. <laughs> right. So that's why I realistically think that's not worth saving and keeping on top of even with the topper to camouflage it as a coffee table in our house it is as vibrant as our kids are i don't think it would last two minutes in this <laughs> so <laughs> it's just not practical for us to have my sister yeah. thankfully has taken it so she has it for a while but you know i'm more i mean i i have my own material things so i mean i still have my tonkas and transformers and the list goes on including my 78 truck <laughs> um but I have come kind of to that realization that what is all this stuff going to do except take up clutter? You know, I I've yeah. <laughs> tried to start. I mean, You're I preaching to the choir, man. You're preaching to the choir. I know. And I'm, I haven't quite <laughs> gotten myself to like eBay, a, a Tonka or anything yet, but there are things that are out in the, in the toy shed for the kids that have been boxed up since we got here. Yeah that I know is out there that I don't need books or now I don't think I'm going to give away my VCRs. I have like two, I think, but the fact is I have had them in a box for the last four years. Now I haven't touched the VCRs. So <laughs> I might the, need to go thrift shopping in, in your uh, shed there. Well, the toy shed you can have, not my radio station. <laughs> so, so then there's the other side of the hoarding. I'm going to start yeah. a radio station in my other shed. So yeah, that's I'm what's just... also pushing me to filter out some of my stuff because I'm like, uh, okay, I'm hemorrhaging. I gotta, I gotta give away something. Yeah, I had a trunk and one box really of my memorabilia from my childhood, you know, toys and things that I kept. So a lot of this rediscovering journey has been just that and finding stuff in thrift stores and just through the years. And going back and remembering, oh man, I had this as a kid, and and now I have it, and it's collecting dust. So certain things, I think, need purged, like you say. But other things, it's just part of your your memories, your you know history. That's why we have these rocking chairs and, and cribs hanging around. You and know. trucks. <laughs> and trucks. Yeah. All right. Well, this was fun, man. I went a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but this is a real fun conversation to memorialize our grandparents. I agree. And as we've strolled down memory lane, we invite you to share your memories with us. Perhaps you have a comment or a story you'd like to share. Well, feel free at rediscoverthe80s.com on our uh, show notes, or you can visit us at RD80s on any of our social media accounts. You can also reach out to us on our Telby site if you'd like leaving us a voicemail or you can find Jason and I on our emails, Jason at rediscoverthe80s.com or myself, infamouswv at gmail.com Otherwise, on behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt and we welcome you to join us next time on another episode of Memory Juggers.